Welcome back, Nets fans. We're back with a Nets off-season video. I'm not going to make that many of them, but, you know, we'll talk about the free agent signings, the draft when it happens, and that type of stuff. But, you know, only the important stuff. But this time I want to talk about what direction will the Brooklyn Nets go in this offseason because it's very unique. I mean, the past three years it's been you had the stars, you were chasing a title, now the stars are gone, and you're in this weird situation where you could rebuild, but you could also stay where you are now, maybe add a star down the road, maybe add a star this summer. Like, who knows? It's, there's a lot to speculate here. We're going to talk about it. Which contracts on this team are bad? The Cam Johnson contract, what type of deal could he get from the Brooklyn Nets? Will the Nets acquire a star? Should they, should they take a chance on some of these younger guys who may need a new location like a Jonathan Kaminga or Anthony Simons, someone like that? We'll talk about that stuff. Hope you guys enjoy the video and let's get into it. So there's a lot of talk about this new CBA coming up in the NBA. I believe it starts next year. And it pretty much prohibits teams from having three superstars, three max contract guys on the same team. It really puts an emphasis on finding value, kind of building more in the draft and finding like these cheap, valuable players. Trying to think who that would be in like the Nets case, like a Bruce Brown type guy or someone like that, like finding those type of guys. So, you know, if the Nets still had their big three, it'd be very tough to build that team. Even having two guys, if Kevin and Kyrie were still here, it'd be tough to build around them with this new CBA. So maybe that all happened at the right time. But anyway, if the Nets like hypothetically acquired a Damian Lillard, which has been speculated this uh, the past few months now, you know, it would be tough to add more. You would have Dame, you would have Claxton, Mikhail, Cam Johnson if you bring him back, but what else? Like, that's pretty much it. You would have to add some valuable role players that don't cost too much money. <clears throat> Not saying it's impossible to find those guys. Sean Marks has done it throughout his tenure as the Nets GM where he can find these guys that the league has given up on or doesn't value that highly and bring them to Brooklyn and make them into you know, pretty key role players. And, you know, eventually they go on to earn pretty big contracts like Dinwiddie and guys like that. But it leads me to think, can you even win a championship with a team like that? So of course, that CBA will affect other teams. There probably won't be as many like super teams, quote unquote, going forward. But can a Nets lineup of like, insert superstar here, along with Mikhail, um, Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, Nick Claxton, can that core win a title? I'm not saying it's impossible because we've seen some crazy stuff the past, you know, couple playoff years where things happen that were not expected. I mean, the Heat are in the finals and nobody saw that coming. I know that Heat culture is a big thing. They find all these undrafted guys that are very good. But still, I mean, it's not impossible with a team like, like the Nets. If you add an extra superstar here, whether it's Lillard or somebody else, like Dinwiddie had this quote. I think it was after the Nets season ended, he had a quote on some podcast saying that if the Nets had like a Giannis type guy, that they'd be set up very well. And he's kind of right. I think Spencer was trying to compare himself to uh, Drew Holiday during that, and I was not buying that. But let's just hypothetically say, you know, you put a Giannis, you put a Dame or someone like that around, you know, with these guys. I mean, yeah, you could maybe make a title run. I don't think they'd be favorites, but it's definitely possible. The team they have now is not a title contender. They're somewhere in the middle, which I don't like. I would like to be a team that's either 
completely going all out to tank or being a team that's competing for a title. Now, with most of the Nets picks belonging to Houston from the James Harden trade, I would think that they will try to compete for a title the next few years. You have Mikel Bridges, who I think is 26. I think Cam Johnson just turned 27. I mean, you know, Claxton still just turned 24, I believe. He's still young. But, like, most of your good players are, like, right in the middle of their prime. Dinwiddie, listen, if they traded for a star, Dinwiddie's probably gone. But Dinwiddie is now 30 years old. So, you know, most of your core guys are now towards, like, that late 20s, early 30s range. So you can't really afford to, like, be like, oh, we'll just wait a few years and we'll go from there. Like, I, I feel like the Nets kind of... um are in a position where, yeah, like, unless they want to just be, like, a 40-win team and that's it, which I don't really – I'm not too fond of that. I don't want a 40-win team that gets out in the first round every year. I know there was that quote about – I think Windhorse had some type of quote. It might have been him. I forget. But Windhorse said that he heard that Joe Sy would rather have a 40-win team that he's proud of than, you know, having superstars that he can't manage – which, you know, you don't want to hear that as a fan, obviously. Hopefully it's it's not true or not entirely true. But Damian Lillard would make sense for this team. He would. Now, I know there's a lot of positives, a lot of negatives, because the contract is so much. He's going to be 33 next year. I get it. And, of course, that has to, you know, unless Dame requests out of Portland, it's not going to happen. But if he does, the Nets will be one of those teams that, yeah, they'll be one of the front runners to get him. Will it happen, though? I don't know. So anyway, the Nets have been over the salary cap for the last three years now, and they're facing this repeater tax, which I think is a pretty big deal. Owners don't want to pay the extra money, especially when you don't have a, a title contender like the Nets have right now, just a middling team once again. So I assume that they'd rather keep costs low for next year, which you know, kind of makes me feel like, hey, maybe they won't go for a superstar. Like, I I don't know. I could see both sides of it once again. But some of the bad contracts you have on this team right now, Ben Simmons has two years left, $37 million for next year, and then $40 million two years from now. Joe Harris, $19 million expiring. So maybe you could trade him to somebody who needs shooting. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie, $20 million expiring as well. Spencer... You know, he's hit or miss. I don't know. There's sometimes I really enjoy watching him, and sometimes it drives me crazy. Um, the lasting impression based on his playoff performance was not very good, so I don't know how the Nets feel about him going forward. And at first, when we came into this offseason right off the sweep against the Sixers, I said to myself, I really want the Nets to get a star this offseason. That was my mindset. But now that time has passed and you kind of, you know, let cooler heads prevail I kind of think it's better to just patiently build this team. Like, I would not go all out for a star that's not worth it, a guy who doesn't put you over the top. Um, I've heard the name Zach Levine thrown out there. Of course, Dame is thrown out there all the time. Like, don't go for, like, the... Don't go for the Zach Levine level star. If you're going to go all out, just go for Dame. Like, go for someone like that. If you're going to go for a star, don't make it a Zach Levine. Don't make it a DeRozan or someone like that. If you're going to go for a star, go for a guy who, if he's right, you can contend for a title with. I mean, yeah, Zach Levine's fun to watch. Great dunks. Makes some crazy shots with crazy hang time. But he's not a guy you're going to win a title with. So... If I'm the Nets, it's either I'm staying where I'm at and being patient and waiting for the right guy to become available, 
you know, sometimes there's speculation about, oh, is Giannis happy in Milwaukee? Oh, what's what's going to happen with Luka, with the Mavericks? If a guy like that becomes available, I mean, yeah, you throw everything you have at those guys. But for a Zach Levine-level star, I mean, is it worth it? I mean, I would argue probably not. It'd be fun to watch him once again, but I would say if we're trying to build a championship team, it's probably not going to happen. So, you know, Damian Lillard, it'd be great. Siakam, it would be cool, but... I just think if they're going to acquire a a superstar or even a star, it has to be calculated. It has to be a guy that if you get him, you're competing for a title. No doubt about it. So I don't want to go after like these middling stars once again. And it it seems like the more responsible thing to do in this situation is to kind of run it back with this team, but maybe take a chance on a couple guys that are young that could use new locations. I brought up Kaminga, Anthony Simons before. Guys like that, guys that are like below 24 years old, um, guys that could be on their rookie contract still. Like Kaminga's 20 years old. He's 6'7", has a ton of upside. If the Warriors are serious about going for a title the next couple of years, which maybe they are, maybe they aren't, I don't know. I know that they have Clay as a free agent, I think, and I think um, Draymond Green, too, is a free agent. I know he's a free agent, Draymond. I forget if Clay is or not. He might be. He might have one of those player options. But anyway... If the Warriors are that serious, you can be like, hey, Warriors, here's Royce O'Neal or Dorian Finney-Smith and a pick or two, and we'll take Kaminga, and you can go, you know, try and win a title. And maybe that's something that happens. Maybe the Warriors are very set on keeping Kaminga, and they're not going to trade him for anybody. I don't know. I mean, Bob Myers just left there as a GM. I don't know where that team is at. So, you know, something like that could make sense. Now, Anthony Simons, probably not happening unless... Mikel Bridges is traded to Portland, which at that case, you're going to just full-on rebuild. So I don't see Mikel Bridges and Anthony Simons on the same team next year, but there is a situation where, hey, if Scoot Henderson was to fall to three and the Trailblazers took him, which if I was the Blazers, I'd love to have him at three, but if he if they take him and they have Dame still on the, on the roster, what's the point of having Anthony Simons as well? I mean, you might as well trade Simons for somebody. I mean, I don't know who that would be on the Nets roster. If I'm the Blazers, I mean, do I think it makes sense to, you know, keep Dame if you have Scoot Henderson? I mean, not really, but, you know, I'm just a Nets fan. I don't know. But yeah, maybe something like that could happen if Mikel Bridges is traded to Portland. But I've heard now from like a you know, multiple sources now we've seen it that the Nets are not going to trade Mikel Bridges. So it's not going to happen. Um, ben Simmons now, does it make sense to trade him? I would say no. I mean, there was a point last year where the Nets still had Katie and Kyrie, still had the title window open. And you're thinking like, oh my God, I would just trade Ben Simmons for anything. Just get his contract off the books, please. But now that those guys are gone, and once again, you're not in the title window, I would rather see Ben Simmons come back next year and work up his value rather than trading him now and getting nothing. Like, if the Nets traded Simmons right now, they'd probably have to attach a pick, and it just wouldn't make sense. Like, unless you're going for a title, it doesn't make sense to trade Ben Simmons right now. And, like, maybe Ben Simmons comes back and he's fine. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I would say the odds are against him right now, realistically. We've seen some workout videos from him. It's been encouraging, but I'm not going to believe it until I see it on the court in a regular season game. Maybe preseason. Preseason might get me hyped, but I don't know. I just, you know, the odds are against Ben Simmons ever returning to the guy we saw in Philly. Back injuries are tough. I know that Michael Porter Jr. recovered from like a similar back injury. He's fine now. He's in the finals playing very well, but 
Not everybody's the same. MPJ was a bit younger than Ben Simmons was when he had his back surgery. I don't know. But hopefully Ben Simmons is fine. I don't think it makes sense to trade him. Would I love to take his contract and cut it in half or even cut it by more than a half? I mean, yeah. But it is what it is. The Nets kind of, uh, you know, made that bed. Now they have to lay in it. And it is what it is when they made the James Harden trade. So I think Ben Simmons will be here next year unless he's thrown into like, once again, like a big trade for a superstar. You know, I could see Ben Simmons in a Dame Lillard trade or something like that, but will the Blazers trade him? I don't know. I don't see it happening. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I mean, I part of me wants to see Dame as a net. Part of me doesn't. I don't know. But anyway, Cam Thomas, a more interesting one. I think Ben Simmons is probably here next year. Cam Thomas is more interesting. Guy on a rookie contract, a guy who wasn't really Jock Vaughn's favorite last year. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. I mean, Jock Vaughn definitely had his guys. Royce O'Neal felt like a Jock Vaughn guy. Cam Thomas did not feel like a Jock Vaughn guy. So Cam Thomas was or is one of the top three scorers on this Nets team in a series last year versus the Sixers where they needed scoring. And Cam Thomas did not see the floor until game three of the playoffs when they were down 2-0. Or it might have been game four. No, game three. I think he played game three. But, you know, I just either play Cam Thomas or trade him. It's like keeping him on the bench and having him rot away, it just doesn't make sense. So if you're not all in with Cam Thomas, set him free, let him play for somebody else, get something pretty decent in return. But... Personally, I see too much potential with him. I, I do want to keep Cam Thomas. I'd prefer to keep him. I mean, my God, to see three straight 40-point games, and he scored 40 the last uh, the last game of the season. I know it was kind of like a preseason game, but still. Um, he has shown so much potential as a scorer. The rest of his game, a lot has to be developed, obviously, as a playmaker, as a defender, um, knowing where to be on defense, defensive rotations. Like, that's part of the reason he did not play in the playoffs was because his defense was not up to par. I get it. But his scoring ability is so natural, and it's just he's so good at it that I just don't want to give up on him yet. Now, if the Nets are that, you know, petty about it and don't want to play him at all, then trade him. There's no point keeping him on the bench. But I'd rather give Cam Thomas a shot next year. Maybe it works out. Maybe he's great. I don't know. I would just rather give him a chance. Uh, trade a wing. Can the Nets trade a wing player like a like a Royce O'Neal or a Dorian Finney-Smith once again? Get somebody younger. I think that makes a lot of sense. I don't see the point in having Royce and DFS on the roster. I don't think that makes a lot of sense. They're both kind of the same player in a way, so I don't want to see both of them back. I don't know who I like more. I mean, like it's weird because they both had their moments. I think maybe I like DFS more, but I feel like you might get more in a trade for DFS. I feel like he's more valued around the league than a guy like Royce O'Neal. I don't know, but I just think one of those guys kind of has to go, especially if you bring back Cam Johnson. That's another wing. Like, you can't have that many wings on the roster. It's a wings league, as we know, but like, you can't have that many of them. And I don't know, if you have Cam Johnson, you have Royce O'Neal, you have Dorian Finney-Smith, I just feel like you have to get rid of one of those guys. I mean, Cam Johnson, hopefully he comes back next year, and that leaves you to Royce O'Neal and Dorian Finney-Smith. And I think Royce O'Neal is the one I would try to trade, but as I said, Jock Vaughn loves that guy, so I wouldn't count on that happening. Maybe it's DFS. I mean, I know the Mavericks would love to have him back. Maybe you make some type of deal with Dallas and try and get some more draft picks. I don't know. But on the Cam Johnson, though, 
it seems like the sweet spot for a Cam Johnson contract is somewhere from like, you know, four years, $80 million to four years, $90 million. Maybe it's more. I don't know. But when a guy's a restricted free agent, it does get a, bit, a little scary because any team out there can give Cam Johnson a massive contract and you're left in a situation where you can either match it or he has to go to that team and the Nets may lose him for nothing. So hopefully with Cam Johnson, a team does not sign him for a crazy amount of money. I would love to have him on like a four-year $80 million deal. That'd be very ideal, $20 million per year. I think Mikel Bridges makes like a similar amount, so there's no, you know, no competition with payment there. And if you have Cam Johnson and Mikel Bridges on, you know, pretty team-friendly contracts, especially Mikel Bridges, that would give you more leeway to once again add a star, a superstar, and build around those guys. So if you had, you know, it just makes more sense nowadays to have guys on the roster that are very, very good values. And, you know, even Nick Claxton's contract, I'm going to look at it now real quickly. Nick Claxton is making $8 million next year. I mean, Nick Claxton's definitely better than an $8 million player. Royce O'Neal, by the way, is also expiring next year. I forgot to mention that $9.5 million. So maybe Royce O'Neal is the guy you want to trade. DFS is on a deal for three more years after this 13 mil, 14 mil, and 15 mil. So he has a player option than last year, by the way. But Dorian is, I think, a little older, right? He's 30 and Royce is 29, so he's a year older than Royce O'Neal. But I think Dorian, it's not a bad contract. I mean, maybe he's the one you keep around. Um, but I think one of those guys, once again, should probably go. It doesn't make sense to keep both. So anyway, for Cam Johnson, four years, $80 million would be great. Um, now, I'm sure there is going to be a walkaway price. Now, it, it wouldn't make sense because Cam Johnson was a big part of the Kevin Durant trade. He played very well in the playoffs. was probably the most consistent net in the Sixers series. Um, but if you have a team out there that's going to sign Cam Johnson for four years and $100 million and they give him 25 mil per year, that's a lot of money. You know, I don't know if you want to go there. Now, I don't know which team out there is going to give him that contract, but if it hypothetically happens, do you want to have a Cam Johnson level player who, yeah, he's a really good role player, but $25 million per year with his new CBA, I mean, that can be kind of detrimental down the road. So I would, you know, I'm going to be looking at this situation very closely. I really hope a team out there does not give him a crazy contract and the Nets can't match it because I would love it, love for it to be like a manageable contract, $20 million or so per year, whether it's 21, 22, 19, 20. I mean, if it's that amount per year, I'm fine with it. But once you get in that 25 per year range, it's like, eh, I don't know. Like, I can't, I like Cam Johnson, but it's once again, it's a tough CBA now to build a team. So I just hope it's a reasonable, you know, contract, but we'll find out what happens there. Um, so the Nets draft picks coming up, I believe the draft is later this month, probably late June. I'll look it up real quickly. When is the NBA draft? I do believe it's um, late June every year. I said this last podcast too, I remember. Um, June 22nd is actually like three weeks away. Wow. But anyway, yeah, the Nets have, I think, the 21st and 22nd pick. And what do they do with those picks? I mean, we've seen Sean Marks maneuver in the draft before with picks. We've seen Sean Marks trade players for picks. I remember the uh, the Landry Shamit trade. They traded Shamit to Phoenix. They got the pick back it was a late 20s pick to get Dayron Sharp I forgot his name yet they got Dayron Sharp with that pick so yeah I mean 
they might do some maneuvering in the draft to either move up or trade a player for a pick. It could be Royce O'Neal once again. Um, we could see that. I would not be shocked at all. So, I mean, there's definitely a lot of... Like, this apparently is a deep class for the most part. So, hopefully, the Nets can get a guy at 21 or 22 or even both. And it just, once again, leads to that youth movement. Like, it's a weird situation, once again, where... The Nets kind of want to rebuild, but kind of win at the same time, which is a pretty crappy place to be, I think. But that might be the situation we're in right now. So if they're going to try and win and rebuild, I mean, yeah, you can get a guy at 21 or 22 and, you know, just hope they develop in the future and, and play them alongside Mikhail and Cam Johnson and Claxton and, and hope it works out. I have not looked into, like, specific prospects yet. I don't know, you know, too much about the NBA draft, so I'll let the draft play out and react afterwards, but, you know, I think everything's on the table. That's a big thing about this offseason. There's so much on the table. At least last year, we kind of knew, like, what was going to happen. Like, yeah, they're going to make some moves to make this roster better. You know, they traded for Royce O'Neal. They signed TJ Warren. They made moves like that, like Utah Watanabe, but there's no guarantee this year of what's going to happen. I mean, I think anything could happen. Aside from Mikel Bridges being traded, which I don't see happening, it feels like everything's on the table. So that's what makes this offseason very interesting, but also kind of scary because, as we know, Sean Marks has not been that great lately. Um, so what is this team's best and worst-case scenario for next season, assuming that not much changes? So let's say it's a similar core. You're going to have Clax, Bridges, and Cam Johnson, and maybe add some new pieces around them. But let's say not much changes. What's the best-case scenario? I think best case for this team is probably like, 45 wins worst case scenario because like that's the thing they're they're like a, a a high floor but low ceiling type team I can't I don't think their win total would be that low luckily Mikel Bridges doesn't miss time Nick Claxton played most of last year no injuries um Ben Simmons is a massive wild card with how much he's gonna play so I would say the floor with this Nets team is like 35 wins. So somewhere from 35 to 45 wins makes sense. I can't see this being like a 30-win team or less. That would make no sense. I can't see them being a 50-win team or more. That doesn't make sense either. There's somewhere probably from, you know, 35 to 45. Hopefully it's closer to 45. But I don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be very interesting. And when these moves happen, I will definitely have reactions to them. But let me know in the comments which direction do you want this Nets team to go? I think for me, I think it makes more sense. It's more responsible to not make any huge moves right now and kind of wait it out, go into next year with, you know, hopefully some younger players, get those guys at picks 21 and 22, let them play out, see where it's at. Like there was a situation where like the Darren Williams trade, I go back to that. The Nets had the third overall pick and I think the 2010 draft or 2011 draft, whatever it was, selected Derek Favors. Favors played on the Nets for like half a year. They flipped him to Utah along with um, Devin Harris, a couple other picks, to get Darren Williams. So if the Nets were to draft a guy at 21 or 22, they can flip one of those guys or both those guys in the future for a superstar. So you know what I mean? Like just because you draft the player does not mean like you can't flip them in the future. So if I'm the Nets, I'm probably making those draft picks and maybe they move up for one player. Like if they, you know love a guy at like pick number 13, 14 or something, they can, you know, maybe even like the top 10, maybe like trade both those picks and move up and try to get one specific guy they're in love with. I don't know. But just because they draft two guys or one guy does not mean they can be flipped or they can't be flipped for a superstar in the future. 
So we'll see what happens, but I do want him to be patient and trade for the right superstar at the right time. Once again, with Lillard, there's a lot of positives and a lot of negatives. It would be fun. It would probably give them their highest chance of winning a title next year. But at the same time, Lillard has a massive contract, has not been as durable lately. He's going to be, you know, 33 next year. How will his game age? I don't know. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, hopefully it works out. Uh, by the way, the Nets added a new assistant coach today. I forget his name already. The former UConn coach. Oh, Kevin Ollie. So Kevin Ollie was added to the Nets coaching staff. Jock Vaughn, of course, has the power to build his own staff this year. I saw the, uh, Igor Kokoskov, Kokoskov, I forget his name, but the guy who was like the Nets offensive coach last year, he went to some other team. He's gone. So the Nets are adding more assistant coaches. They also brought up Ronnie Burrell, who I believe was the G League coach last year. I think he was the coach of the year in the G League, actually. So you have, you know, some new guys on this staff, and hopefully they're good. I know Kevin Ollie was actually a Net, I think, at one point. I want to look it up real quick. But Kevin Ollie, I believe, he played for a lot of teams in his career, but believe he was in New Jersey net at some point in his career. Um, by the way, while I look this up, I have some new stuff on the wall, some new net stuff. We got the uh, Mikel Bridges up there. We got the, uh, this was the final year in Jersey. They gave us like these posters of like these New Jersey Nets legends, quote unquote, Vince Carter picture down there. So yeah, had some new net stuff put in here. Um, Kevin Ollie, let's see. He played for the New Jersey Nets in 2000 and 2001. So I guess they're right before they got to the finals. It sucks that he left that early. But yeah, played for the Nets for like half a year. That's interesting. Not even. 19 games. Wow. Anyway, that's going to do it for the video. Hope it works out. Hopefully it's a smart offseason. They don't do anything stupid. But um, a lot of possibilities. It's going to be fun. A lot to speculate on, but I hope you guys enjoyed the video. Leave in the comments, what do you want them to do this offseason? What do you think they'll do this offseason? And I'll talk to you guys next time.